Good morning, church. We are rocking our way through the Sundays and the and the joyous occasions that happen between Easter and Pentecost. This morning's scripture, we're going to be in Luke 24, starting in verse 36. We're going to go through verse 48. <clears throat> so as you make your way through your Bible to Luke 24, or open your Bible app to Luke 24, we're going to begin in verse 36. So if you're hearing this message, that means you were unable to join us for our 11 a.m. worship service. So grab your cup of coffee, maybe a glass of sweet tea, and let's settle in and see what God has in store for us. So Luke 24, beginning in verse 36. Then my Bible, it has the header that says, Jesus appeared to the disciples. So starting in verse 36. While they were still talking about this, Jesus himself stood among them and said to them, Peace be with you. They were startled and frightened, thinking they had seen a ghost. He said to them, Why are you troubled? And why do doubts rise in your mind? Look at my hands and my feet. It is I myself. Touch and see. A ghost does not have flesh and bones as you see I have. When he had said this, he showed them his hands and his feet. And while they still did not believe it, but because of the joy and amazement, he asked them, do you have anything to eat? They gave him a piece of broiled fish. He took it and he ate it in their presence. He said to them, this is what I have told you while I was still with you. Everything must be fulfilled that is written about me in the law of Moses, the prophet, and the Psalms. Then he took their minds so they could understand the scripture and he opened their minds. He told them, this is what is written. The Messiah will suffer rise from the dead on the third day, and repentance for the forgiveness of sin will be preached in his name to all nations, beginning in Jerusalem. You are witnesses of these things. Let's lift our hearts to the Lord as we prepare to receive whatever it is God has for each one of us today. Dear Gracious Heavenly Father, we ask that you just engulf us today. Open our hearts to receive your message. You know us personally. You know every thought and every fear. Lord, open our minds to receive your message today and help us to walk it out every single day. Give us wisdom and insight to walk this out in a life that glorifies you. We ask all things in the risen name of the Son, and all God's children said, Amen. Okay, so last week, <clears throat> we're talking about the women that arrived at the tomb, but the tomb was empty. Last week, we were in John. The angels appeared, uh, the angels appeared to them and announced, Jesus has risen. The Lord Christ met two disciples on the road to Emmaus, and he revealed himself to them. This is all still in the same day where the women had gone to the tomb. 
you know, John told us that the doors were locked where the disciples were and Jesus appeared. So this week is Luke's account of the same story. So in verse 37, it says they were frightened and thought they'd seen a ghost. They thought they were seeing the spirit or ghost of Jesus because he had died. Now, usually people don't die on Friday evening and then greet you Sunday morning and want to have dinner with you. That would flip me out a little bit. But Jesus is asking, why are you troubled? He says, I told you this would happen. Basically, he's saying, why didn't you believe me? Mm-hmm. See, we put so much investment in what is flesh, what is real, what we think we can see. And when we do that, we don't walk by faith. We don't walk by the unseen. And Jesus is saying, I told you this would happen. Jesus does this in our everyday lives. He confronts us in our unbelief. Or maybe instead of using the word confronts us, he convicts our hearts in our everyday unbelief. Let me ask you a question. Do you think it's possible for believers to be filled with unbelief at times? I mean, of course. Life hits us with a curveball and we try to rationalize and think things out. And before we know it, we're walking in fear and unbelief. We all have areas where we fear the very thing that confronts us and causes unbelief. But we have to ask ourselves, is that the enemy trying to set a trap? Or is God trying to reveal something to us, something that's new, something that's unknown? And our unbelief is taking a front seat instead of our faith taking a front seat. Fear is not of the Lord. Fear is doubt. It is doubt that the Lord is not in control. And anytime somebody says, well, I don't know why God let this happen. mm -mm, Stop right there. Let's go all the way back to Genesis. In the beginning, he created. He's in control of everything. It's our decisions that sets things into motion that are not what the Lord wanted to happen. So let's jump to verse 39. Jesus is showing them his scars to assure them that it is him. He says, a spirit does not have flesh and bones as I have. This is Jesus, like for real, real. It's Jesus in his resurrected body. It is the same body that we will receive on that day. Jesus spoke of this many times. There's a new body awaiting us. Our new bodies will not be human. It will not have human limitations like hunger or exhaustion or death or grief or anything. It will surpass those limitations. In Romans 6, 9, it says, We know that Christ, being raised from the dead, will never die again. Death no longer has dominion over him. And friends, when we receive that new body, death will not have dominion over us because that limitation will be removed. We know that what it says of Jesus, it will also say of us on that day. That day when death no longer holds a fear over us, holds a doubt over us, 
So 1 Corinthians. Let's look at 1 Corinthians 15. Starting in verse 50. It says, I tell you this, brothers. Flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of heaven. Nor does the perishable inherit the imperishable. Behold, I tell you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed in a moment, in a twinkling of an eye, at the last trumpet. For the trumpet will sound, and the dead will raise imperishable. And we shall be changed. For this perishable, perishable body must put on immortality. When the perishable puts on imperishable, and the mortal puts on immortality, then shall come to pass the saying that is written, Death is swallowed up in victory. Glory to God. Hallelujah that the, the chains of death, the smothering of death, is swallowed up by victory. You know, this is a beautiful reminding that our, our physical bodies cannot inherit the kingdom. We say you can't take it with you. Well, no, because it's already over there waiting for us. There's nothing here that will satisfy us. It is all in the other side where we will inherit that in that immortal body. God is covering us with grace while he is dwelling within us right now. But our new bodies are created for us to be able to stand in the presence of God. Earthly human bodies cannot stand in the presence of God because we'll die. Think all the way back. You know, Moses said, Lord, reveal yourself. And he said, you can't be in my presence. The human body will die because the human body is sin. But on that day, when we receive our new bodies, we will be able to stand in the presence of God and glorify him for the rest of our days. So think about the people living in those physical bodies who are living in constant pain and aches and grief and disabilities. That will remain with the human earthly body while the new body will not have these earthly limitations. Think about the person in the wheelchair. When they receive that new body, they will run and jump and skip and just have full function. What a glorious day that will be. So let's look at Romans 8 just a minute. Romans 8, starting in 22. For we know that the whole creation has been groaning together in the pains of childbirth until now. And not only the creations, but we ourselves, we have the first fruits of the Spirit grown inwardly as we wait eagerly for adoption as sons, the redemption of our bodies. So this first fruit is talking about Jesus in our hearts. But our earthly bodies are groaning with every single move we make as every single day clicks on as we grow older. Let's look at John 20, 22 for a moment. It says, 
And when he has said this, he breathed the he breathed on them and said, "Receive the Holy Spirit." We talked about this last week. You know, Jesus, he breathed upon them and gave them the Holy Spirit to walk with them. But in Luke, it says, Jesus asked them, do you have anything to eat? And they gave him a broiled fish. Now, in my mind, I'm thinking, Jesus just rose from the dead. And he asked you for fish and all you got is broiled fish? I mean, we can't, like, fry some catfish or grill some fish. Or, I mean, come on, can we do something? Maybe some tartar sauce? This is Jesus. Could you imagine them watching Jesus eat and waiting to see what happens because they thought it was a ghost? You know, these verses show how gracious God is. He's gentle. He invites them to come and see his scars. He says it's okay to touch his scars. He's very personable. Jesus wants to eat with him. Again, breaking bread. Remember the Last Supper. Do this in remembrance of me. Every time we sit together and have a meal, we should be breaking bread in a fellowship. Every single time, no matter where we're at, a restaurant, whatever. We need to remember that Luke's account says Jesus sat and ate with them. He's doing all of this actually for the disciples. As Jesus is being for real, real with them. He's letting them see that scripture has been revealed right before their eyes. And then it tells us in Luke's account that he opens their mind to receive scripture on a whole new level. Luke is the one that tells us that Jesus opens their minds. But John is the one that told us how Jesus opened their minds. And that's by breathing the Holy Spirit upon them. Remember last week we talked about the Holy Spirit being breathed. That goes all the way back to Genesis when God breathed life into man. It's not some, We're not random particles. We are made by the hands of the potter. And life has been breathed into every single one of us. So my questions this morning, are there areas in your life where you're struggling and you need God just to be patient with you? Maybe areas of unbelief? Are you, are you really asking God to reveal himself to you because you're battling unbelief? And then when he does, you're running from it? Let's lift our hearts to the Lord in prayer. Dear gracious Heavenly Father, it's by your stripes we're healed. By your sacrifice we are saved. And Lord, upon your return, when those trumpets sound and we receive our new limitless bodies, Lord, we look forward to the day when we can praise you for all of eternity, for everything you've done for us, even when we don't see you acting on our behalf. We pray that the living water quenches this thirst so that we never thirst again. And now we pray with one voice as you taught your disciples to pray so long ago. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. 
and give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. So remember, until next time, speak life, be a blessing, put your faith feet into action to cause a positive ripple effect. Much agape, everybody.